The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Here and now, hic et nunc, where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, where the transcendent grace of God touches ground in the humility of Christ, in the spirit, right here, just now, at Marsh Chapel, Boston University, where the head of the Charles meets the heart of the country, in this holy place, at this sacred time, we assemble to worship, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God, we have gathered to worship Almighty God. Our liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet community around the globe, live at WBUR.org. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Together, let us pray. Grant, O merciful God, that your church, 
being gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power among all peoples to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. As we are seated, may we enter into a time of silent confession during the singing of the Kyrie. Beloved, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. A lesson from the Epistle to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us say responsively verses from Psalm 124 with the antiphon. been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when our enemies attacked us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Now, people of God, rise up, in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Dei, the reading of the Gospel, and the singing of our Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus.
seated. As an additional, additional sermon text for this morning's homily, I shall read Philippians 1.1, and in good traditional fashion, in the tradition of robust Protestant preaching, I will read the text, stray from the text, depart from the text, and hardly ever return to the text, but here it is, Philippians 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Who would not smile to return home to this pulpit? I ought to pay you for the privilege to stand here, let alone speak here, but we'll discuss that another day. I am told that Winston Churchill called Commonwealth Avenue the loveliest street in America. From the vantage point of this chapel nave, on a glorious summer Sunday, in the embrace of a loving congregation, within the earshot of all New England, it does certainly seem so. Commonwealth. Our commonwealth, the street where you live, at least the street where your spiritual life quickens. Commonwealth, lovely commonwealth. And I'm not even pausing to honor, to celebrate the physical beautification of our avenue, our promenade, our spacious street, our commonwealth that has happily happened in this summer season. Walk up, if you will, to Marsh Chapel from Arlington some Sunday afternoon, perhaps this afternoon. Say hello to those whom you will meet in the park. They will greet you, though silently, at Arlington Street, Alexander Hamilton, at Berkeley Street, John Glover, at Clarendon, Patrick Andrew Collins in the Fireman's Memorial, at Dartmouth, William Lloyd Garrison, at Exeter, Samuel Elliot Morrison, at Fairfield, the Women's Memorial, Abigail Adams, Lucy Stone, Phyllis Wheatley, at Gloucester, Domingo Sarmiento, at Charlesgate, Leif Erickson. Walk among them. All these stories, these biographies, carry us along commonwealth. They tell us a little bit about who we are. They remind us. They point out shadow, and they point to light. They point out shadow, and they point to light. Soon this fall, we shall give ear to the announcement of a fuller commonwealth, we shall allow the guidance of the lectionary to point us toward Philippians, Paul's loveliest letter, the loveliest street, if you will, in the far-off land of Pauline literature. I am told that Philippians is the loveliest street in Paul, and there we will meet statues in memory of exemplary people, as the first verse of the letter reminds us, Paul, Timothy, saints in Philippi, overseers, deacons. Turn the corner and a few streets, I mean a few chapters later, we meet Epaphroditus, wonderful names these, Eudiah, Syntyche, Sisygus, wonderful. We shall scour, scour the syllables of this epistle awaiting announcement of a fuller commonwealth. You can recall, I know you can, because I've come to know you, and I know many of you spent your time, you did your time 
in Sunday school and at church camp and in youth group and learning the scripture. I know that you know these verses. You can remember the epigrammatic fullness of this land that we're about to enter, this fuller commonwealth announced in the letter to the Philippians. And in just a few weeks, just wait, our lovely lectionary will deign to show us this land. There is a resonance to beauty. There is a resonance to beauty. That is why Winston Churchill recalled our commonwealth, and that is why we remember Paul singing from prison to Philippi, verses you know. I thank my God in every remembrance of you for your partnership in the gospel. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. The Lord is at hand. If there is any excellence, think about those things. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Complete my joy by being of one mind. Whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, pressing forward to what lies ahead. Have no anxiety about anything, but in all things, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, lift your needs to God. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Again, I say rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. Beloved, for all the joy and all the sparkle of these verses, they cannot finally touch Philippians 3.20. I bring that verse to your mind as a focus for the preaching of the gospel in this season. And why would I not? And how could I not? How could I keep it from you? How could I keep from singing? RSV, Philippians 3.20. Our commonwealth is heaven. Ours is a heavenly commonwealth, a divine commonwealth, our true home, our homeland, our real citizenship, our land, your mother tongue, your real self. In short, our commonwealth is heaven. And along our own commonwealth avenue to this spiritual commonwealth, we shall, in this season, train our ears, tune our hearts, attach our wills. For Paul and Timothy, and those of like mind, tell me your name. Found a rebirth of wonder, and so can you. Paul and Timothy found a rebirth of wonder, and so can we together. Wonder seized them. In the gospel today, you heard the same verb, revealed or apocalypsed to them. We'll use the word wonder. It's close, it's not exact, it's not precise, it's not final, not exhaustive, not conclusive, but it's close. It is, a, it is good news, this wonder, for a world that lacks not so much for wonders, as Chesterton said, but only for a sense of wonder. Two experiences brought Timothy and Paul home to wonder. One was an awareness of shadow, and one was a delight in light. It is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Ah, shadow, shadow, shadow. I remember standing with Bishop J.A.T. Robinson a year before he died, standing in the lovely autumn shadows of University Street in Montreal, and listening to his raspy voice as he said, as I get older, I am more attentive to the shadow that hovers over life. You might think of sin by way of shadow. There is an insidious shadow, barely visible, but present to every day, 
even on a spankingly beautiful, sun-dappled morning like this. Some days you can barely see it, if at all. You can barely hear it, if at all. Its approach is poetry in motion, cat feet, coming quietly to the back door, dressed to kill. Most marriages are in far less danger from the occasional direct assault of envy or lust than they are in danger from the quiet dying away of the bond itself. No time left, no time spent, in talk, in holding, in play, in rest, and a year, and three, and ten, and little cat feet, and suddenly, insidiously, the roof falls in. Most souls are in far less danger from the occasional direct assault of temptation, or to gamble wages, or to steal by lying, or take advantage of the weak, than they are in danger from the nearly silent approach of lifelong addictions, maladies, to alcohol, to drugs, to work, to food, to just what is it that you can't get to set next Sunday without? Most churches are in far less danger from the occasional direct assault of a fire or of an unmanageable political conflict or of the machinations of a single verbal arsonist than they are in danger from the slow, secret advance of unloving habits of inhospitality. It takes time. God knows, as does shadow, that it takes time. It takes time. It takes time to ruin a home, a soul, a church, or a country. A direct attack usually incurs a direct response, wise or foolish or both. As Niebuhr showed, groups know how to defend themselves from labor unions to nations. And while you and the neighbor barbecue into the end of another summer or another generation, look around and see if the shadow Paul and Timothy noticed, with which they wrestled unto death, still lurks on the street where you live. The indirect advance of shadow stalks the heart, the dream, the soul, the imagination, and then slowly, inexorably, one forgets. Have you forgotten the love you had at first? That's a question found in the Bible. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's a question found in the Bible. Slowly, delicately, shadow overtakes the love we had at first. Slowly, delicately, shadow bargains the soul for the world. What profit is progress if its price is the loss of community? What profit is the desire for unlimited goods if its price is the loss of what matters? What profit is the spiritual commitment to more if such a gain means a loss of real life? What does it profit a person to gain the whole world if he loses the love he had at first. There's a glimmer of light in hearing a warning in the scripture or in taking a couple of old voices, Leslie Dunbar, we must live together as a people bound together by ties of mutual respect, not as a people armored against each other, or Vaclav Havel. Hope is not prognosis, but a willingness to work for what is good. In words like these, we see behind the shadow, past the shadow, a glimmer of light. A light. Light shines in the memory of your true commonwealth. You may direct your feet to the sunny side of the street starting at any time. 
beginning today. Paul and Timothy and others drenched in shadow somehow saw light. They had a rebirth of wonder. I put it to you in a formula. When conviction is quickened by imagination, there is action that makes a difference. When conviction is quickened by imagination, there is action that makes a difference. Our commonwealth is in the sunlight, in wonder. That's your name. That's your mother tongue. We may need a little illumination of imagination in our season. We may even need an imagination proclamation about what life can be, life together, life in community in an age of success and progress, life that is health for the soul, life that knows about the dance between soul and circumstance. Shadows delicately covering the imagination can imprison every bit as much as the Roman cell did so to Paul. Your commonwealth is in the sunlight. Imagine if the prisons in this country were half empty and the streets free of vagrants. Imagine, imagine if every generation received a better education than the one that preceded it. Imagine if every man or woman who wanted a job could get one and not one person was described ever as redundant. Imagine if schools and hospitals, churches and charities were overfunded. Imagine if men and women were getting along so well that abortion and abuse were virtually unheard of. Imagine if budgets, private and public, were set with a clear eye, a frugal eye to the future without being based on borrowing from the next generation. Imagine if the measure of success in this great country were formed not against the question of individual progress, but against the desire for the common good. Imagine if democracy, not only of voice and vote, but also of education and endowment and employment and environment, were our daily song, that tune you can't quite forget. Imagine if we could go to bed at night, not as those who all the day have been rivals for position, power, and privilege, but as those who have worn an easier yoke, as those who have borne a lighter burden, as those who have celebrated real commonwealth, as those who have watched over one another in love. Imagine if the criterion for medical care were simply, how sick are you? Imagine if the communal virtues, signposts of health, responsibility, frugality, a sense of limits, respect for authority, replaced those quasi-virtues of mere success, mere progress. Imagine if every kid in this country had enough to eat. Imagine if the love of Jesus Christ and the fear of disappointing him and the hope of meeting him in glory and the joy of working in his fellowship were all that we deeply wanted, all that we truly needed. Imagine that. Too idealistic? Really? What does it profit? Have you forgotten? Our commonwealth is Friends, this is a season of decision, of choice. We shall need to choose our course, our homeland, our citizenship, our commonwealth, our home, our horizon. We shall need to choose this fall and this year 
and the Apostle Paul will be along the way to remind us that our commonwealth is heaven, and may it be so, and may we live it as so. George Bernard Shaw, yes, he did say, as usual, having it close to right. You see things as they are and say, why? I dream of things that never were. And I say, why not? As we are called to prayer through the singing of Lead Me, Lord, I would invite you to pray in the way you are most moved to support the prayers of this community. Come to the altar rail, stand in your place, raise your hands, respond in your first language, however you feel the Spirit of God moving for you. in Scotland helps us to shape our prayers this morning, and our thanks to our brothers and sisters in Iona for their gifts of liturgy, hospitality, and service to and with the poor. I will set the intention, if you will respond silently or aloud as you are so moved, I will say, Lord, in your mercy, if you would respond, hear our prayer. Dearly beloved, let us pray together. Three in one, one in three, one God in perfect community. We are glad and grateful to be with you and with one another as your community of faith in this place and time, to lift up the depths of our hearts aloud and silently that they may be heard. And so we lift up someone whom we have met or remembered today and for whom we wish to pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up someone who is hurting and would appreciate our prayer and support. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up a troubled situation in our world today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up a threatened part of the wider creation. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. Silently, we lift up someone whom we find it hard to forgive or to trust. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With joy and thanksgiving, we lift up the celebrations of our lives, those things which strengthen our hearts and help us to peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up ourselves that we might grow in generosity of spirit, clarity of mind, and warmth of affection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray these things in the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now as our Lord Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved, we draw your attention to the notices printed in your worship program. To these, we add just a few words. Especially to our visitors, we offer a warm word of welcome. If you are listening for the first time, either on the radio or on the internet, and have found us at Marsh Chapel, we're so glad you have. Help us to get to know you by emailing us, if that would be of help. Here in the nave, we encourage the congregation to make use of the ritual of friendship which you'll find on the sides of the aisles that we may come to greet you by name. All are cordially welcome to join us for coffee hour and refreshment in the, thermo in the marsh room uh, in the ground floor of Marsh Chapel following worship. We remember today our organist, Justin Blackwell, who is not able to be with us because he has lost his grandmother and they are celebrating her life and faithfulness this weekend, and we keep Justin in our hearts and minds this week. Speaking of Justin and the organ and the choir, we want to thank our musicians and our choristers and Scott Allen Jarrett and all who have been here. And it's sad to see the summer slipping by because the Palestrina is almost done, just one more Sunday. What a gift you've given us. Sincerely, thank you one and all. Our chapel staff has been away for a retreat in the White Mountains and we've come back with Vim, Vigor, Vitality and Pepperino. It's going to be a great fall. We want to greet our radio congregation with three announcements. You may find the bulletin for the Sunday service on the website on Saturday night. So you may follow on the bulletin on Saturday night, uh, posted on Saturday night for Sunday morning. You may also find 
the print version of the sermon on the website as of Saturday night. Because the sermons normally are delivered from memory without note, there are significant differences between the print sermon and the spoken sermon. And we may debate philosophically for some time which is the sermon, printed or spoken. And the wise among you will say it is neither, it is the sermon heard and heeded, but all for another day. There is also an online giving capacity as of this last week on our website. We are thankful for the support of our listenership, our radio congregation, even as we are for the presence and voice of our present congregation. Please join us among other Sundays on September 7th for our matriculation service, luncheon and ice cream on the lawn. With these thoughts before us, let us continue to worship together by presenting our tithes and offerings.
the work before us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we offer our thanks. Bless these gifts and the givers. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. sun shall warm and bright on you, your darkest night as stars shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. 
In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.